0: Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. As we all know, February is the most romantic month of the year. As January's gray winter days give way to February's also gray winter days, love is in the air. So to celebrate and perpetuate the romance, we decided to watch Bridget Jones's Diary from 2001, directed by Sharon McGuire and starring Renee Zellweger, who has been on a winning streak this award season for her recent role in Judy. Neither of us had seen Bridget Jones's Diary, and since it continues to have a fairly loyal fan base, we wanted to check it out.
1: The adaptation of Bridget Jones's Diary was met with no small controversy, as the casting of the American Renee Zellweger to play the very British Bridget tested the resolve of even the stiffest of upper lips. Regardless, the movie went on to make more than $270 American dollars worldwide and earned Zellweger the film's only Oscar nomination. Critics were mixed, but fans supported the movie enough to earn the franchise two more entries into the Bridget Jones film
0: canon. But does all that success really testify to the film's quality? Or is this a
1: movie that we can't seem to like just as it is? Keep listening.
2: Mother, I do not need a blind date, particularly not with some verbally incontinent spinster who smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like her mother. Yummy. Turkey curry. My favourite. And that was it. Right there. Right there. That was the moment. I suddenly realized that
0: unless something changed soon, I was going to live a life where my major relationship was with a bottle of wine. And I'd finally die fat and alone and be found three weeks later, half eaten by wild dogs. Or I was about to turn. All right, so that's a pretty early scene from the movie we're discussing today, Bridget Jones's Diary. Uh, that was Mark Darcy, as played by Colin Firth, as Mark Darcy, not uh, the other Darcy, not Mr. Darcy, or, yeah. not Mr. Darcy of Pride and Prejudice fame. But also not, not Mr. Darcy. You know, exactly, exactly. Saying some, some pretty mean things there, not knowing that Bridget Jones herself was in earshot. Right. If that, you know, that was kind of hard to catch from the audio clip alone, right, but she was yeah. in the room hearing that. And yeah. uh, then she uh, resolves to uh, change a few things right. so she doesn't end up, you know, dead in her apartment being eaten by dogs, dogs which none of us want that. That's a universal That's a, feeling. Yeah. I related to that. So why are we doing this movie? Which we talked about in our intro. Right. Well, it's, it's, February. you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. Which I don't know if this um, episode will go up before that, but oh, so either way. Valentine's
1: Day is either coming up or yeah. it's just recently passed. Yeah. And, uh, and and happy Valentine's Day to you, Thank Ryan. Thank you. Happy Thank Valentine's you. Day to you. Uh, also, I mean, uh, Renee Zellweger, I won't say disappeared, but she certainly hasn't been working as much as she was in 2001, yeah. where she was really um, in demand. Right. Yeah. Um, But she's back this last year with Judy, where she stars as Judy Garland. She's won pretty much every
0: award. Yeah. Have you seen Judy? I haven't. Okay. I have. Well, I watched part of it. She is really good on it. I bet. I, I, I've seen the trailer. I did not care for the movie. but The movie's not getting any nominations other I, than for her. I just thought it was really boring. In fact, I didn't even make it all the way through. I was kind of like, well, I, I can definitely see what Renee Zellweger's doing here. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. She's doing she's a great she's doing job. Great. I, I would yeah. be very happy for her if she wins. But no, yeah. Uh, but yeah, not not... Not in the movie for me. So as we record this, the
1: Oscars are tomorrow. Yeah, so we don't know. Um, so we yeah. don't know, but it's pretty safe to assume that she'll she'll win it. So congrats to Renee Zellweger. She won the Independent Spirit Award today. Oh, really? I didn't know uh-huh. that. Okay and um won the golden globe won the golden globe i think she won the sag award yeah she won the bafta for judy she's won the bafta and the oscar and the golden globe before all for cold mountain so that was the kind of a similar thing where she was just on it was a it was a given yeah that renee zelberger was going to be the one winning this
0: award um for the best supporting actress in um 2004 i think it was and and i have to say this is you know before we get too much in our conversation i feel like i forget or or had forgotten how good she can be yeah you know, like in she's everything. She's really, really good in this. Yeah.
1: She uh, she was nominated for three Oscars in a row, 2002, 2003, 2004. The first one being for Bridget Jones' Diary. And then uh, Chicago, and then she won for Cold Mountain. And now um, 16 years later, she's nominated for Judy and is probably going to win.
0: And uh, that's very impressive. She's a really great actor. Yeah. Uh, well, and also it's, we had not seen Bridget Jones's Diary. Right. So I didn't have any idea whether she was good or not in that, you know one of her best known roles. Mm -hmm. So I was actually thinking this, you know, not only was this a great time to watch it, but I was looking forward to watching this just to Mm -hmm. kind of fill in that gap more Mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of filling in that gap, we also, both of us, filled in the gap of reading the book itself. The Helen Fielding novel. I'm not the kind of person that usually is like, you know, uh, you have to read the book and see the movie and that they even necessarily need to be compared and contrasted all that much if you've done both. Right. Um, But I do think since we have done it, we could bring a little bit of that into it.
1: I think so. And I think it was important to read the book because the book was a phenomenon before the movie came out. The movie was highly anticipated because of the success of the book. And I don't think you can kind of remove the two from each other. Um, That being said, the movie is very different from the book. It is. Incredibly different.
0: Yes. So let's get into that. Uh, let's get into our discussion. All right. Uh, and then we'll and then we'll bring it. we'll bring it back around to that. So so instead we, we of, don't have first viewings. No. Right? But
1: should we do book reading instead of first viewing? Oh,
0: okay. All right. Yeah. And we could even do it because we're both on Goodreads. Yep. So instead of letter, we do have star ratings there. <laughs> you could go to our Goodreads accounts. and right. uh, And look mm-hmm. at our star ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even wrote up a little mini review. I think you did too. Yeah. Um, I wrote very briefly. Yeah. They're about as long as my reviews get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two paragraphs. So. Yeah.
1: Um so for me I did not like the book.
0: Yeah, me neither. I uh, rated it 2 stars out of 5. You rated a little less than I did.
1: Yeah, generally I I I couldn't uh, I couldn't get into what it was doing. So there there's times where she like drops pronouns and it's written like she's writing very quickly like you would in a diary potentially. And then there's other times where it's very detailed storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right. Dialogue and everything, which is fine. Like I, I, okay, I'm I'm fine with that sort of. But then, like, since I'm not charmed necessarily by it, I I start like kind of finding those faults a little bit more grating. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one passage where she's running way behind in preparing dinner for her friends.
0: We had the same exact thought, I think.
1: And. It's like a minute-by-minute minute account. It's time and I'm like, stamped. So yeah. is she is she stopping in this complete <laughs> yeah, like, panicked rush to w-
0: to was, journal this? I was reading Why that on that the happening? page, and I was like, "Quit writing yeah, and go yeah, finish yeah, the fix, meal, fix the dinner."
1: <laughs> um, it felt extremely disjointed. It just didn't really work for me in a lot of ways, and I also I can't tell if we we're supposed to be scrutinizing for lack of a better word bridget jones's obsession with her weight or are we supposed to be finding humor in it because she is very obsessed with her weight well every log and starts with, with the her weight, weight. Yeah. and
0: alcohol units and yeah. cigarettes and, and calories, calories. Yeah. yeah
1: and it doesn't seem especially body positive this book i don't know if there's enough there that bridget is supposed to be sort of like not an unreliable narrator but a narrator who isn't as aware as we as readers are supposed to be of what she's doing. I I just didn't get that sense that that's actually happening. But I also am aware after having talked to women who have read it and had a positive connection to it, that especially in 1996, this was one of the first times that any woman with body image issues with weight, weight concerns was portrayed as somebody who had real feelings and real depth and that sort of thing. So I I don't discredit that or discount that. And so how much can we put our 2020 lens on that and um, criticize it for that? Right. But that's just the truth of my experience reading it. It was just sort of, um, I'm not sure what is supposed to be happening here.
0: Yeah, and, and the book is supposed to be a really funny book. And I think that there were a few parts I found humorous, but I think for me, the, the comedy even just kind of fell flat. Yep. And I think, and, I, and at the end of the day, I just don't think that it was a book ever intended for me or written for me. And that's fine. Absolutely. Not everything has to be written for me. And it was good for us to read something that <laughs> yes. is not written for us. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, we have to be honest about how we felt. And yeah, so I think I rated it like one star more than you did three stars. But I was privy to that conversation you had uh, with someone who kind of enlightened you to what it was doing at the time. I, I had that sort of as I was reading it and before I finished it. And so by the end of the book, I was kind of reading it through that lens and reading it as if like, okay, I can see why, even having that log of like someone struggling and fluctuating in their weight and alcohol intake and everything, and that at that time that it would have just felt fresh for someone to even be talking honestly about that. Right. As opposed to probably what you would have seen a lot of, which is like a, a woman has a, a a moment of clarity and yeah. from then on it's easy for them. Right. You know, that this Bridget Jones is someone who is constantly struggling, but also has moments that are, you know, very nice. Like her her life isn't entirely miserable. No. Um, but her life is, it just feel, feels honest, I guess. Yeah. Even though some of the stuff in the plot, it, it just kind of gets really absurd, especially near the end um, yes. of the book. Oh my goodness,
1: yeah. Let alone the end of the book. Everything I've said, and then the end, it's just, it's just kind of off the rails. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I think that our 2020 lens is one in which we have seen a whole generation of women writers and authors and filmmakers and TV producers who have grown up with Bridget Jones right. as their inspiration right. and have made things that to us seem more relevant because we are living now in that. You right. know? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you read my review, and maybe we'll talk about this, I kind of bring up Fleabag as a good example. I don't know if Phoebe Waller-Bridge is influenced, you know, inspired directly by Bridget Jones, but I see a lot of that in what she's doing. Yeah. You know, if you watch Fleabag, that whole first person narrative camera mm-hmm. work is you could see that as sort of like what Bridget Jones's diary is doing that internal monologue. Right. And that internal monologue you saw in Sex in the City. Right. That internal monologue of that, you know, sort of single but still vulnerable but uh, independent woman in their 20s, 30s trying to figure things out. Um, you know, a lot of that comes straight out of Bridget Jones's diary. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I that's, have to, you know, I have to. Important. It's to, important. To it's an think important about book. That, yeah. That like <laughs> we've seen so much that stood on this book's shoulders, and that that book was standing on the shoulders of Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. Right. In fact, Helen Fielding has said she basically ripped off the the plot of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Uh, and so it even has that further out that lineage to it. Right. You know, that puts it in its that kind of centers it into its place. Right. Know. I have to be honest, and it was a book I felt like I slogged through. I just wanted it to be over by the time I was done with it. Yeah. Um, with that said, because now we can talk about the movie a little bit. Like yeah. I wasn't particularly excited to watch the movie. Either. I wasn't either. Um, do we want to just jump into? Yeah, I think so. Um, into how you felt. I, let's do let's do uh, ratings then be, for the movie since it's our first watch.
1: So I haven't I haven't officially rated this yet, and I was thinking about it on the way over. What am I
0: going to rate it because? You want me to go first?
1: Yeah, why don't you go first? No, I'll think it over. I'll think it over and see. That's that's unfortunately then my rating is going to be whether I think yours is too high or too low, and then I'm going to rate mine that way. But uh,
0: I I am I am waffling here, and so I think this is an episode where I very well could change my mind. Okay, (laughs) but not by much. I am waffling between a two and a half and a three. I am going to settle with a two and a half. There are things this movie's doing that I like. Mm -hmm. There are even things this movie's doing that I like a lot more than what the book does. But, yeah, just as a verdict, did I like the movie? Did I not like the movie? I have to er on the side of I just didn't really like it that much, okay, but I also think, <laughs> and I don't know what this means, it's a it's not a bad romantic comedy, <laughs> so for that, that's kind of like, should it be a three i uh I wouldn't go
1: that low, okay. So this is another question. We've never had our Goodreads ratings world collide with our Letterboxd letterbox ratings, ratings world. My, yeah. Because is, did you like the movie more than you liked the book? So here's the thing. Okay.
0: I almost have to segment it, the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Because when I was watching the movie, I was like, you know what? I like this movie more than the book for most of it. Then the last third of the movie is wildly different than the last third of the book. Mm-hmm. Not even close. I don't like either. <laughs> mm. So I don't really like what the movie did with the ending either, the last third. Overall, I probably liked it a little bit more than the book, even though it's funny because I gave the book three stars. Right. That's, that's so where it's, it's, that's where it's where colliding. My you know? As absurd and off the rails as the last third of the book is, I think it's truer to the characters than the last third of the movie is, if that makes – it probably doesn't make sense because I'll have to explain myself. but yeah.
1: Honestly, it was so crazy in the book that anything else would have been better in the movie in my mind. Sure. And so I did enjoy the movie more than the book. I felt like the the movie kind of took took the opportunity to fix some things a little bit and streamline some stuff. And in some places they cut corners and it was... To his detriment in that it jettisoned some things that the book was able to offer that the movie doesn't offer. But I think because they were streamlining so many other things, it's not necessarily like in the movie, it's missed some of that -hmm. that depth. Um, All this to say what my rating is. So I think for me, it's a three. I was actually kind of going back and forth between three and three and a half. Okay. There were more moments in the movie where I found myself buying it and enjoying it. And I think almost all of that is Renee Zellweger's performance. Mm-hmm. Anytime yeah, totally I'm, anytime I'm yeah. buying into anything or I'm, I'm, I'm invested in anything, it's just because of how good Renee Zellweger yeah. is. Um, I don't watch the movie and think, somebody needs to explain the appeal to me. Whereas okay. with the book, I was like, I'm missing something and somebody needs to explain this to me.
0: But I also felt like the side stories, for instance, even her friends, they're all not very well developed in Mm -hmm. this movie and they really are in the book yeah and so i don't know if i'm bringing that to the movie and expecting it out of it but they are in the movie Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like they just play a sounding board or a wall for her to talk off of and that's what I, i think that's the key and you
1: said it earlier that the book is a year in the life of bridget jones and the movie is a year in the love life of bridget jones yes romantically she is just a mess of a person So since it's just focusing itself on the romantic aspect, the other areas where she is actually there for her friends, where she is there for her parents, as far as like being a daughter and a friend and a sister and an employee, she is capable. And so to focus it on her love life, like the movie does, I do think it, it, that something is lost, but I also think that the movie did a fairly good job of streamlining it and focusing it on that. Again, I'm glad we read the book first, but I also wonder what it would have been like to watch the movie without right. it. Whether that would have been our, our some of our issue?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I I think that if I hadn't read the book, the whole parent storyline would have just been like I don't even know what the, why this yeah. is in here it's barely even mentioned you know it's like a few seconds here and there and you're right that I think the movie does a good job of streamlining and fixing some sloppy areas and making it more about her love life I think you're exactly right about that but then maybe it needed to trim even more I feel like they trimmed to a point where it's like okay but you still have this parent storyline in here and I don't really get what this is what's what, what purpose is this serving in the movie at this point
2: I do realize what I like sometimes It doesn't help that you and Bridget have your lovely grown-up club of two and always saying, what silly old mummy gone and done this time. You used to be mad about me. You couldn't get enough of me. What do you think? I don't know, but I just don't know now. very hard. Oh god. I'm joking, you daft cow. Oh. <laughs> um, I just don't work without you?
0: And then also with the friends, they seem to be like the support that she needs. But by the end, when they're doing that whole Paris trip thing, and you know, I'm like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not buying this. Like, right. I'm not buying this whole thing. Yeah. And the dinner party scene in the book is so much more about not just Mark Darcy, but right. it's about the friends coming together and making her feel special. Yeah. And the movie makes a choice, and I'm not saying it's necessarily a good or bad choice, yeah. but it makes a choice about it being more about Mark Darcy yeah. being the one that makes her feel better yeah and the friends just kind of become extras at that yeah. point they, they barely even serve any comic relief they cast votes that mark is a good guy yeah. essentially
1: <laughs> yeah well and one of the screenwriters is um richard curtis who wrote um one of our favorite movies love actually <laughs> That explains a lot. So if you want somebody who is, uh, maybe that's what he did with love. Actually, he was like, I'm upset that I get, didn't get to tell the stories of 20 people in Bridget
0: Jones's diary. Right. I'm going to I'm tell go, uh, yeah. tell a story of 20 people and make sure I still get Hugh Grant and, uh, Colin Firth in there as well. Right. I was actually thinking of reading this much higher. And then I feel like when they got into the fight in the restaurant, yeah. that is really where the movie veers from the book from then on. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that, by the way. Like, right. just generally speaking, I yep. have no problem with movies veering from books. And I'm also not one of those people that says the book's always better than the movie. Yep. Like, in fact, there's many cases where that's not true. So it's a bit of a mess. The movie, the last third is the last. Third, I actually certainly. think it's a pretty clean movie up until then. I was laughing. That's another question. Like, did you did did you think it was funny? I, I did. I by did. the end, I did not think it was no that funny,
1: but I did like throughout yes. I, there were certainly times where
0: I was yes and I was kind of sold right away when I saw the way she sang All By Myself I am 100% with the, with, the, with, you. with the guitar uh, yep. movement and the way and that the it and drums and like yeah. it's it, it, I was like, sold yeah, totally all by Don't
2: wanna be all
1: Yeah, part of me was like, wow, Renee Zellberg is really doing a great job. But then it's also really pretty funny to think that Bridget Jones is so familiar with the song All By Myself (laughs) that she can do the the guitar, the the drums, she can hit every (laughs) moment perfectly.
0: I actually think that the movie brought a few visual pieces of humor that you would never get by reading the book. And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. The other one is, I think it actually does a pretty good job of inserting the diary where it needs to, you know? And, yeah, and then, and, and then, like, out of that and, and pulling from the diary, that's better than the book does. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then, like, kind of visually cutting with that, like when it cuts to fantasy, right, and then it cuts back to reality. Yeah, we've seen that a million times right. now. I mean, that, that's a pretty smart way to handle this book that's written entirely as diary entries mm-hmm. that you have to turn into a narrative, but you still need to bring in that internal monologue with the diary as well. And
1: sometimes overlaying text, like Sharon McGuire, the director chose to do it in different ways when the story needed it to do it certain ways. What could be a difficult feat she handled really well and made the filming of it enhance the the sort of like charm of the language or the, the, the uniqueness of the format. Now, it's this weird thing, though. As much as I didn't really like reading the book, as much as I didn't really like the movie, I also, at the same time, while reading the book was super curious to see like who plays this person. And like, I kept like wanting to, i like, like on IMDB. Yeah. Like, to like see, who, see yeah. visualize that person. Like how, how did they get like actualized on the screen? Yeah. And truth be told by the end of reading Bridget Jones diary, I was kind of like, well, what's the next book about? Like I, I, I won't read it <laughs> because I hear from, it's from okay, the person, you do. From, from the people I talk to it, it does not get better. There's still something about Bridget Jones as a character that I'm yeah. like what sort of scrape is she going to get into next? I, I I'm still sort of like intrigued that is, by well, that. that
0: is something that I mean that is something that's very true and very good about the book and the movie is Bridget Jones is just a really interesting fully formed character that you right. care about. You that, right. that she she is someone that you want to root for.
1: And I also will say this that like what was enhanced for me by watching the movie versus reading the book is in the book, I was just like, Daniel is a terrible person. What is she doing? And then again, as I talked to some women who read the book, they said like that felt very true to their mm. experience that they all had friends or and were that friend who were with a the guy. Then it was like, What are you doing? Mm. He's terrible to you. So Hugh Grant was really fantastic at playing both sides the charming and like and so it was to watch it play out it was like oh i mean i can see it
2: daniel yeah what happens at the office Uh well i'm glad you asked that you see it's a publishing house uh, so that means that people write things for us and uh, then we print out all the pages and fasten them together and make them into what we call a book James. <laughs> now do you think people will notice notice what us. Working together, sleeping together. Hang on, hang, hang on a minute, it's Just slow down. It started on Tuesday, and now it's Thursday. It's not exactly um, a long-term relationship yet, is it? Very bad.
0: Okay, so you earlier on, I was saying that I thought the book was maybe truer to its characters than the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talking about this kind of gives me another good example of this, and that is in the character of Mark Darcy. Because, you know, that clip we play at the very beginning, that's almost word for word from the page of the book as yeah. far as like how mean he is and what cruel t- things he says about her. Right. I feel like in the book, the character of Mark Darcy does evolve in her perception of him, yeah. but he still seems like the kind of character that could say something like that. In the movie, I feel like Mark Darcy becomes a different character at the end. Mm. At the end, you feel like this is a guy who would never say that. Yeah. Because he's like Mr. Romantic. Right. You know, like he, he, he reads these awful things about himself in the diary. And of course, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, he still is Mark Darcy. He's leaving. Yeah. But no, it turns out the whole time he was just going to get her a new diary.
2: I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I mean, I
0: meant it. But I was so stupid that I didn't mean what I meant. For Christ's sakes.
1: It's only a diary. Everyone knows diaries are just full of crap.
2: I know that. I was just buying you a new one. Time to make a new start, perhaps.
0: none of that's in the book right and i'm like that's a sweet thing for romantic comedy Mm -hmm. and even if it is sort of like coming from pride and prejudice it's this idea of like this mark darcy character he seems standoffish he seems snobby Mm -hmm. but he's not as socially awkward a little socially awkward but you know he's not as bad as he seems and that's the whole arc of the character but i'm still like but he still said that stuff. Right. And it's not like she
1: misunderstood him.
0: Right. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. not like she only heard half the conversation. Right. I felt like the movie didn't do quite a good, as good enough job of the book of basically saying, like, he's still Mark Darcy warts and all. Yeah. It was more like saying, he's, he's Mark Darcy who doesn't have any warts except for that one scene. Of that the one video. time, <laughs> yeah. Which
1: maybe he was frustrated because he was wearing a sweater that his mom made him wear. Right.
0: Her. That might just be kind of a mechanism of that era's romantic comedy. Like I don't know how you get out of doing that <clears> necessarily. <throat> yeah, you kind of have to have that 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 evolution happen,
1: right. And I actually, in my as I was watching and I said, like exa- more or less what we're saying that, like it does a better job of fixing a lot of the issues with the relationship with Daniel, but it does a way worse job.
0: Oh, okay. building, you think so.
1: building the relationship with Mark. okay. I think the movie would just would have been better if it had gone all the way and dropped any like really negative stuff about Mark, like sure. the meanness. Yeah. Like that he was kind of a weirdo at the party. Yeah. Could be kept, but that, that like cruelty is, yeah. is just sort of a whiplash. Yeah. Like, well,
0: we'll go one way or the other, you know, yeah. like either, either make him so he doesn't have that cruel aspect to him in the beginning, or just make it so that she understands this is a guy who is um kind of cruel sometimes. Right. But ultimately, comes to love her and that that is worth it. You know, that that's worth it. Cause do we see any
1: reason for him to go from saying the terrible stuff about her to, I like you just the way you
0: are. No, that's my, I mean, that's probably, that's probably it for me where, I mean, I think you're helping me point this out. Like I don't, I don't see where he actually is coming to this realization that he loves everything about her.
2: I realized that when I met you at the Turkey Curry buffet, that I was unforgivably rude and, Wearing a reindeer jumper that my mother had given me the day before. But the thing is, um, what I'm trying to say very inarticulately is that, um, in fact, perhaps despite appearances, I like you very much. Uh, Apart from the smoking
1: and the drinking and the vulgar mother and the verbal diary.
2: No, I like you very much just as you are. I
1: don't know if our inability to recall when that happened is a fault of ours as viewers or if it's a fault of the movie is not being especially clear in its development of characters and the relationships. Right, right.
0: There doesn't there's no there's not even a moment.
1: It's not even like a cheesy moment where it's like where like it goes in slow motion or it goes in like soft focus or like anything. It's just sort of Yeah.
0: When he says that, and it's sort of out of the blue. And it's out of the blue to her, too. I mean, and don't get me wrong, because I really, I like that sentiment. I do, too. I do, too. But I also don't get the impression that Daniel doesn't like her as she is. Right. Right. You know, he like, never going back to like the, the stuff like the weight, the alcohol, that stuff. I mean, he never asks her to change no. any of that stuff or anything. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, Daniel, like when he finds out that she's wearing those like huge, that huge pair of underwear, yeah, he doesn't care. He, he makes kind of a joke about it in a yeah. really disarming and sort of accepting way. Yeah. You know, that's uh, true. <laughs> is Daniel a so the good guy that, like No, like, <laughs> no obviously not, not. But, and so for me, it feels like, Part of it is the super lazy way it is connecting to Pride and Prejudice. Like, oh, I need to find a plot for this character. Pride and Prejudice is a good one. Mm -hmm. And so it finds those spots where Pride and Prejudice hits, but just tosses them in without connecting those two in any other sort of way. And so, yeah, you can follow the beats of Pride and Prejudice through it, but you really can't follow... The connection between them, right?
0: Although with that said, I, I I do like the very meta touch of casting Colin Firth, yeah, <laughs> as Mister Darcy. I think that's pretty funny, and and that that I don't know that takes some or that takes or some, is it lazy? Maybe because <laughs> the book mentions only
1: two celebrities <laughs> by name as far as like people involved in like her conceptions of romance and everything. Well, and it's like, you're right. Cast him
0: but i think it but i think for those in the know it adds a layer of comedy sure
1: um kind of getting off that topic and go back to like the disjointedness the the final third i guess as i'm thinking about it, it is way more out of place than it felt when i watched it um because as i was watching it i felt like well at least good they're jettisoning some of that like insane stuff yeah but they also added some insane stuff because in every sense of the word, the fight scene is totally out of place. Yes. <laughs> there are a couple of funny parts during it, I think, like when they both end up like apologizing to people separately and then like mildly funny that sure. they pause the fight to sing happy birthday to somebody. But like it's all just
0: so typical. And, yes. trite. and one of our listeners, Eric, who always chimes in, mm-hmm. I, there's been multiple times where he has written to us and talked about people going through glass windows <laughs> and, and not getting hurt. That's true. <laughs> but not just that, Eric points out that no police response, <laughs> right. no ambulance,
1: nobody, no no grief, as he says, no grief from management or ownership. <laughs>
0: nobody gets arrested. He's worried about the restaurant here. How's that restaurant yeah. going to stay in <laughs> business after this? <laughs> that's going to be an insurance nightmare for yeah. them. Now, with that said, I'm not. So, so I was reading an uh, essay about this movie by Caroline Seed. I think it's it's S I E D E. It was for the AV Club two years ago. She wrote an essay, and and I think she made a good point as far as like the realism aspect. She goes, rom coms are two relationships. What James Bond movies are to spies. Like, sure. You know, like we're not looking for realism here. Yeah. But I think you're, what you're getting at is really what, what it just pulled me out of it because Mm -hmm. it didn't even seem that true to the rest of the movie, Mm -hmm. that whole scene. Mm -hmm. Just like that through a cheap, you know, it's Raining Men song over this. And then like some, some, some like really just, yeah, I'm kind of like, come on, movie, you're better than this. Yeah. Okay. So, and this might be a little thing that the movie ends with her saying, diaries are all full of crap anyways like what the hell i was just like where did that line come from because it's either one of two things either she actually does think that and then it's like well then why why have we all latched on to this phenomenon then (laughs) the alternative which i think is more likely but also really troublesome to me is that she's just saying that to make the man feel better like it is full of everything that i believe and everything that i felt at the time but it's all crap anyways so please forgive me She didn't have to do that because, first of all, like, she wrote that when he was being a jerk. Right. (laughs) You know, she's in her way trying to say she's sorry for him seeing what she wrote. But first of all, he shouldn't be reading someone's diary. Why is he reading her diary? Second of all, he reads this stuff that she finds out he read. That is obviously her venting and right. venting really, you know, mean things about him and saying how much she hates him because he did mean this to In response to his meanness, yeah. And the way she responds, and by the way, she's out in the cold in her underwear doing this, right? She's saying diaries are all full of crap, anyways. Yeah, like discredit all the hundreds of millions discrediting of people. Her
1: feelings <laughs> in an effort to comfort him. Yeah, yeah.
0: She's apologizing for her honesty.
1: Right. He made her feel a certain way, and potentially that made him feel bad. It should have made him feel bad. And instead of saying, yeah, you did make me feel bad. You've got to treat me better.
0: She was like, I'm sorry I felt that way. I'm sorry I felt that way. I didn't mean it. (laughs) That sucks, because honestly, you could have found a way to write a comedic scene yeah that also was just like yeah that's how i felt at the time you're gonna have to deal with that yeah <laughs> like you like me as i am well yeah. when you make me mad i wrote those terrible things yeah. and i meant them you know
1: i don't know but i think you're right and it could be that we are dissecting it too much. but i think it is true that that is what is happening it's true that that is a very socialized tendency uh in the dynamic between men and women It's one of
0: the, quote-unquote, little ways that women's feelings are invalidated. And Now, am I making too big of a deal of it, though, in that, yeah, that is kind of troubling, but isn't that true to the character of Bridget that that's how she would react? I don't know. Is she? Because there are times where she's... Doesn't have a problem speaking her mind. Yeah. To Daniel, when she leaves, for sure. Right.
1: Or, you know, at her job at the TV place. I don't know if it's true to the character.
0: I mean, okay, so regardless of how we felt watching it, the book and the movie definitely resonated with not just a ton of women, but also like when the movie came out, there were a lot of critics that were like, this is one of the best romantic comedies that's come out in a long time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so way, way, way earlier on in this episode, I did actually say, I think it's a pretty good romantic comedy. And I think what I meant by that is so much of this is about Renee Zellweger mm-hmm. and her performance as Bridget Jones and that Bridget Jones as a character She's just a character that, I don't know, you do like to spend time with. I will say this, you know, the movie wasn't a slog to get through. It no. wasn't joyless. I, I had a good time watching it mm-hmm. until th- until later on when certain things started to bug me. Mm-hmm. But overall, this wasn't painful to get through, no. you know. And I think that could be something, too, is that were we going into it with these expectations that it needed to be something, you know, doing right. something unique, doing something special because it's Bridget Jones. Yeah. It's not just... yeah it isn't just love actually it isn't just failure to launch yeah or, you know well, like,
1: and is that super shitty of us to be like oh this is influential it must be groundbreaking in every possible right, way right and demanding that i think it is oh kinda, is this boot is if, if, is it really good then it yeah. better be twice as good well, as any other romantic comedy not, not to seen. negate
0: everything i've said for the last hour but i think it is kind of shitty of us yeah. you know to a degree mm-hmm. um and going back to the book, even like this probably isn't a movie quite for us. I can tell you just sort of my general relationship with romantic comedies period is that growing up, I was even socialized to say, to think (coughs) men don't watch these movies. Right. Um, And then it got really confusing when, like, Wedding Singer came out. Because it's like, but it's an Adam Sandler movie. (laughs) But even that one was like, it's a different Adam Sandler movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a romantic comedy. It's kind of the one to bring your girlfriend to. Mm -hmm. You know, these were movies that men were dragged to. And that's part of my learning process, too, is to see it as a genre like any other genre. Uh, where, even if you think it 's not for you or you think you 're not the intended audience, that you can watch it and figure out kind of what it 's doing and and find the appeal factors and sort of on that level find a way to resonate with it and 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 like it even yeah and it 's taken a while, but I have found romantic comedies that I really like a lot, right you know, and so was i was I watching this sort of like well, okay, so now. I'm okay with watching a romantic comedy every now and then. Remember how much I like Moonstone? Yeah. (laughs) But then it's like I watch every romantic comedy being like, well, it's got to be really good. Right. Really good um, on my terms. Yeah. On my terms. Exactly. Um,
1: I know you said not to negate everything we've said, but we almost should negate everything we've said. (laughs) Not that it's untrue for what we were feeling, but it's also
0: so... Cocky? Arrogant? yeah those are words you could use for it. <laughs> well, okay, so I'll put it this way, you know, so we we talked about how uh Eric wrote in about yeah. um the glass window and that you know that whole thing mm-hmm. but his general feeling of the movie was, I like this movie, it was fun, yeah, I don't know why that's not good enough for me, you know, like that's a good question like I don't know why because it was fun, yeah, like i there were things that I didn't like that happened in it. Is it
1: actually bad or is it not what you would prefer? I think some of it is.
0: Like the fight scene in the restaurant. I think that's actually pretty bad. pretty bad. The whole car, like Paris yeah. thing with the friends, like get in the car, let's go to, it, it just, um, it, it's it smacked to me of like over sentimental bad TV. But I just kind of think of like the way my wife watches stuff like that and, and, she just has fun with it. And she knows it's bad. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, but I like it. The way that, and I'm, I still don't know how to say her last name. Caroline Seed, I think it's S-I-E-D-E. She writes a really thoughtful essay on this movie. And what's the greatest sentiment in the movie? She throws it back on the movie. Mm. <laughs> when she's talking about the thing that we had the biggest problem of. where With the diary thing and that whole climactic scene. She says, So I prefer to leave Bridget Jones the way her first film does, with Bridget kissing Mark Darcy in the snow while two older women look on, scandalized by the tiger-striped underwear she wears to chase him down the street. It's a classic romantic fantasy balanced by that relatability. Even Bridget's fairy tale moment comes with a healthy dose of public embarrassment. It's a finale and a film that timelessly encapsulates the best of what the romantic comedy has to offer. In other words, it's damn near perfect just as it is. Hmm. It's sort of like... It's not a perfect movie, and the people who love it love it the way it is. Mm-hmm. I guess we shouldn't talk about it as if we're like finding things in it that other people have haven't thought about before, right. or that that we're coming at it from this place that's like completely new and fresh and pointing out all the ways in which this movie we're hasn't the aged very well. First people to see it for what it is, yeah, or some cocky, and to recognize like that, that the people who love it are just as capable of seeing those warts.
1: And are just more capable of not being assholes about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is weird. I feel... I feel...
0: But I can't change how I feel about no, it. No, no, no,
1: no. I can't change that. I can't change, and I'm not asking you to take out what we said, what I said. <laughs> but I am feeling embarrassed, and I'm feeling... Are you ex- really? A about little what, bit, though? a little bit, a little bit. I'm feeling a little exposed for like how i was defining the terms as to how this movie should like impress me or be hmm. and i'm coming into a genre that we have we keep saying we know this isn't for us but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna act like it came into our lives trying to be what we wanted it to be mm-hmm. you know and as i was talking to one woman about this and who's been on the show before i i was like Talking about the end of the book, and I'm like, Did "That like, why would that happen?" And she's like, "You haven't read a lot of romance books. That happens." That's a good point. I haven't. I, I for as many romantic comedies as I've seen, I have not seen many because I am not open to this genre very often. It has to be one of those doubly good, or yeah. it has to have some element to it, an element that is not tied to romantic comedies for me to be impressed by mm-hmm. it, and so. I'm defining things. I am coming into a situation that is not my situation. It is not my area of expertise or knowledge or or experience or anything. And I'm setting up shop like... (laughs) I deserve to sure. be here, well, and I. But I know hey, that that's hey, like this, this is, podcast. This is I know, our podcast, I know right? what the, I know what we're doing. I know that, and I know this isn't the first time we've talked about a romantic comedy and, and everything. And it just might take a while for things to sink in. But I do feel that this is a serious thing that's 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 happening. If I'm gonna if we're gonna hold Bridget Jones accountable for one line at the end, as a serious well, that was
0: me. That wasn't so much you, but, I, but I, yeah.
1: I joined you as this serious issue with the way that men and women interact, and how dare they! put that in there i've got to admit that part of the way we're talking about this is one of the things that's wrong with the way men and women interact or the way that women quote women's things are seen as inferior to quote men's things Mm -hmm. and um it may not be the biggest deal and there may be people who listen to this or maybe women who listen to this and they're like he's being too hard on himself but there also might have been women who this whole time were like fuck you guys (laughs) right (laughs) you know yeah and I need probably to listen to that second group more than I need to listen to the group who's going to give me grace on it. Right, you know? right, right.
0: That's going to say, oh, romantic comedies are all full of crap anyways. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, well, okay. So we can dial it back and, and bring a little bit of humility to this. and yes, just, and just uh, Yeah, that's what uh, I'm trying to do. Right, right. But I can say that, Our question about that line is a fair one. I agree. And we don't need to make a judgment, though, on the movie based on it, but we can ask that question, and I think the humble way to come about it is uh, this is something that's confusing for me. That is a confusing part of the movie to me. So is it a flaw? Because if it was a genre that I knew really well, Mm -hmm. um, I would be able to tell you either it's a part of the genre or it's a flaw. With all the stuff we're saying about Bridget Jones... Are these just parts of the genre or are they flaws with the movie Bridget Jones's Diary? You know, yep. I and, and honestly, I think we have to answer in most cases, we don't know. But just spending 50 minutes acting like we do. <laughs> well, that's going to be this episode. Happy Valentine's Day. I, yeah. My, you know what though? Like, I, I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure most of our audience is a lot of men, um, and so maybe it's a challenge to most of our audience to be right. like, "Look, why don't we make an effort, not only to like watch these movies? Maybe if your wife is into romantic comedies, mine is. Mm-hmm. I always watch them with an axe to grind. Oh yeah, and stop doing that. Right? <laughs> like this is a movie they love. Like figure out why they love it. Like yeah. really, what's the underlying things happening here that is speaking? to women when they watch this you know uh women in my life in particular right you know and i do this all the time i mean christmas rolls around and my wife wants to watch hallmark movies that's what she wants to do i will uh be happy to oblige once in a while quote unquote happy but she will constantly be like i I just can't do this with you because you're smirking the whole time right you know i'm ruining the experience for her i gotta stop doing that yeah that's the thing i gotta stop doing that yeah I, I wouldn't do that with any other genre. Right. That are that especially ones that typically cater to men. Right. You know, like I would say sci-fi isn't always my thing. Right. But I'm not going to go to a sci-fi like full-on genre sci-fi movie with someone who loves sci-fi yeah, and like, smirk the whole oh, way. Oh, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to basically do what yeah. I should be doing with romantic comedies saying, "What's going on here? What's what's the mechanics of this?" you know. Yeah.
1: In a way that is not prove it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there were points where when I listened back to this episode, I'm going to say like, I should have told myself to stop
0: being a dick. Yeah, If, if I don't cut it out. <laughs> this episode's Go 10 minutes long. Go ahead and leave long. it in. Yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> I I get you. I hear you, man. But I, I also feel like this is a, this is a podcast about our personal responses to the movies. And I think we're asking of ourselves something that's not really possible, which is to take out that from it, you know, yeah. to take out our personal reaction to those movies. Um, we have again and again, and it's not a bad thing, but we have again and again recognized that our viewpoint is limited. And I think we're, we just have to do the same thing here.
1: But I guess the w- was the way we were talking about it, seeking to be more informed about it, seeking to say, our blind spot leads us to think this. Is there something more we should know? Or were we just sit, like only speaking from our blind spot? And it's I, tough
0: because we don't, I don't know. What I think would have been good for us to do, and this is honestly just out of our laziness. Mm-hmm. Is do our homework, right? You know, which I don't think either one of us really did. You know, we had one conversation with someone at work and felt like, yeah, we got yep. it. It would have done good to 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 look at the history of romantic comedies and what have I seen because yep. there has been an evolution. We're we're coming at it late. We really are, yeah. Um, and we're coming at it late and uninformed, yeah. So you know, and then that that's where. The education continues, and so yeah. if we have listeners who do want to let us have it, you know, tell us sure. where we were wrong. All right, well, we still have our formula for the show here, so yeah. we still have to do how we're feeling and what our new letterbox rating is. Personally, I probably owe this movie as much as I owe how I felt about the book, you know. So i i, I will I, I will go ahead and bump this up to three stars, and. um I would need some more feedback before I could go back to this movie and watch it and feel like my my feeling would change all that much on it, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Um, I think this movie is more important to me as a, as an entry in the genre than yeah. it is as a movie standing on its own. And this is one of the tougher post-episode ratings because of a lot of things, like... Do I rate it as the movie I started the episode thinking of it as? Do I rate it as a movie that I realize a lot of my ignorance is affecting the way I see it? So I give it a benefit of the doubt rating. Hmm. Do I give it a rating based on the way that we've discussed it was ahead of its time and we're coming to it late? That would uh, increase its benefit of the doubt quotient. Um, Do I rate it based on the things that I have loved that so clearly were affected and influenced by it. I don't know. So you're 3, you put it at 3?
0: I put it at 3. You know, okay, no matter how much we want to yes. be enlightened about yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. At the, this I'm happened a
1: posture in my rating.
0: Okay, but but uh, but honestly like this goes not just even for romantic comedies or things that seem outside of our wheelhouse. I, I this is a podcast about our feelings yes. on these movies and even if I'm willing to admit that a lot of this comes from my general feeling towards the genre. I still have to be honest with myself and just say, this is how I felt about the movie as far as how much I enjoyed it. You know, sure. um, I liked it good enough. Yeah. I can't personally go much higher than yeah. that. I liked All it right. fine enough, but
1: it wasn't great to well, me, then let you know? me. Let like, me, let me anticlimactically keep mine at a three, because okay. as far as my enjoyment of watching this movie, I liked it well enough uh, like you did. I think uh, I liked the first two thirds a lot more than I liked the last third. Absolutely, yeah. But there are elements of the last third that I liked better than in the book. book. Yeah. Um, But then there are also elements of the last third that story-wise, everything, it's just sort of Confusing and a little out of nowhere.
0: I think we're being a little bit harder on ourselves, probably for good reason, but we're we're being harder on ourselves because this is a genre that is so traditionally for women.
1: Well, and and it's so often disregarded. And
0: disregarded because of that, probably. But the way I'm talking about how we rate things and everything, that's true of all the movies we do. Like, we would watch a classic, right? Right. And I could say the exact same thing and be like, look... I understand what this thing was doing in its time. I can say that mm-hmm. people probably loved it in its time. A critic could come here and tell me why it's amazing. Yeah. But just me watching it right now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not feeling <laughs> All right. it, you know? All right. So then I will, I will anticlimactically keep mine at three stars. Okay.
1: I, and, I but how uh, are we? Uh, I don't even know. I feel like I'm so far inside <laughs> myself that I can't even, I can't, can't even assess how I am with you. Yeah. Um, I mean I guess the fact that I feel like I can be introspective like this in front of you tells
0: me that sure, that like yeah yeah we got to be we're, we're best quite, buds quite, quite a deep relationship to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't feel that differently about the movie. No, I don't think so. so I think
1: I think any tension that's occurring right. is internal.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, it's one of those like I mean I think we're good. I don't know how our listeners are feeling <laughs> yeah, about this right now. Yeah. Uh so anyways, all right. We'll just, you know, say best buds. Yeah, I mean I think we can be best buds. Yeah, might as well. Okay, so then, um, I guess why don't we uh switch gears then and talk about what we're gonna discuss next month? All right, so, um for, this, this was hard for us yeah we couldn't figure out a good movie to do this time what we ended up deciding to do was just do a movie that I've basically been telling Ryan you need to see this movie it's a gangster movie and you know the Irishman is also a movie that uh, got a lot of traction this year and the awards uh, not a lot of traction actually but no but, but got a lot of nominations, nominations but nobody really yeah. cared uh, well yeah so maybe <laughs> in that vein even here's a gangster movie <laughs> that uh, deserved a lot of notoriety and no one really cared when it came out yeah um, and it also fits in line with the fact that you know uh, there were so many women directors who are worthy of a nomination this year for the Academy Awards, and um, mm-hmm. here we are without any. Right. So we thought maybe let's 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 remedy that a little bit for our podcast at least, and watch a, a forgotten movie that I think is absolutely great. Yeah, a good gangster movie directed by directed Elaine by May. Elaine May. Uh, came out in 1975, and we are going to watch uh, Mikey and Nikki" is the name of the movie. And I'm going to guess a lot of listeners maybe have never even heard of this movie, which is exactly why you need to see it. Um, but it is pretty easily available. It was a Criterion release, I think, just a few years ago, if not just last yeah. year. Okay. Um, if you are part of the Criterion streaming channel, it's on there, but you could also get it on DVD, Blu-ray, probably from most of your local libraries. Yeah. It's also if that if, if none of those appeal factors get to you, I mean, it's basically a little tiny gangster movie with Peter Falk, John Cassavetes, and Ned Beatty.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that's quite a trio.
0: Yeah, and it has. I don't know if you've seen much Cassavetes mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of feel to it—a very okay. sort of like loose, loose. Uh, it feels improvised. Although we can talk about the fact that it very much was not it's very realistic performance, but very realistic. Yeah, I mean, just two it's mostly Peter Falk and John Cassavetes just working off each other, and I could watch that. I mean, it's just a master class in acting. Peter Falk was in a lot of Cassavetes movies, so there's a rapport yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So, I run a little cinema club at my library and we showed this movie to our little cinema club, and everyone there, you know, really loved the movie as well. Alright. So, cool. we're gonna do it. If
1: I don't like it. Sorry, you heard that yawn. <laughs> It is late. It is are, very late. We don't have yeah. time for banter. We're sorry about that. But yes. if you don't like it, then you are flying in the face of Nate's
0: Cinema Club. We, we know. We know that the that, that banter is what everyone listens for. And so we apologize. we talked about that. We are yeah. very sorry about that. Tonight... It's just super late. And yeah. We took a long time trying to figure out what we're going to watch.
1: Yeah. So if you're upset about the lack of banter, there are plenty of ways for you to tell us about that.
0: Yes. So let us know how much you miss the banter by hitting us up on, uh, we're on Facebook, mm-hmm. Can We Still Be Friends Podcast. Yeah. We're on Instagram. That's right. Can We Still Be Friends Pod. Right. Send us an email, mm-hmm. feedback at canwestillbefriends.net can still be is our website where you can go and dig through all of our archives, find all of our past episodes. And on those episodes, you can comment uh, there right on the website. If you want to,
1: maybe we should start arranging them not only by movie, but banter topic. Oh yeah. Like so a, people can search tag for that. them
0: with certain types of things like mm-hmm. funny, extra funny, right. super like funny, hilarious. hilarious.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, just groundbreakingly funny.
0: <laughs> right. Is also, you can give us a call or record a message yeah and uh, email it you can do that you know or if you want to actually use your phone uh, and give us a call you can even do that yeah we make it super easy Eight four seven three zero six nine five three two is the number to call Mm-hmm. And um, if you're looking for a way to support the show, uh, the best thing, honestly, that you can do is just give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that rating goes a long way, a little mini review. And then, you know, just share this, uh, share this episode on yeah. your social media channels mm-hmm. with your friends, your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to take off. We're going to go get some sleep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Bye.